Greetings, everybody, from the Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, This is nuts, because I guess uh, we're in a new timeline, thanks to the Hydrogen Collider, not Hydrogen, Hydron Collider uh, in Germany. In this alternate universe, me and Merce started a podcast that's seemingly being somewhat successful, which is odd. We're never successful at anything. No, no, so this is like, I'm sorry, everybody else, how this reality's turning out, but... It's our world now. Gil's finally getting lick, and it is it is nice. Uh, so yeah, welcome everybody. Uh, I, I'm the bandit and I'm here with my producer, Merce. Uh, sound off. Hi. No, it's not Spanish this time. That was a test. Uh, we, we got, we have a, I vet, went back to my roots. we have a vetting process around here. <laughs> Only I'm the one that's allowed to speak the most Spanish and that like really sucks for a lot of other people. Uh, but anyways, hope y'all are doing good tonight. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go over some news. We're going to go over some com- niche community aspects I think a lot of our listeners will appreciate. Uh, and a lot of things just going on. Uh, first of all, of course, Merce, how's your week been? Uh, not good. <laughs> all right. Long, long, <laughs> long. Maybe, maybe it's not turning the corner sharp enough on us quick enough. No. no. But it, it's the little things. Yeah. Silver linings. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been... But I'm not going to get deep into it. Just I've been working cattle with new system and new rigs and new. It's It's been intensive, but rewarding. And uh, I've been up since 530 going nonstop. And what time is it now, Merce? Uh, uh, 1038. 1038 p.m. And uh, yeah, we're, we're pumping this out because we believe this is going to be the season finale of the Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, Merce actually does have to go off out of state and do some things, and uh, he's been hard at work producing, so we're going to give him a little bit of a vacation. Uh, let him go make some money. But we hope to be back bigger and better. And possibly bigger and better Yes. That didn't work. I thought that would work, but it didn't. And we can't guarantee it, that, but it's the hope. Well, <laughs> we're going to find out. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, CERN, the Hydron Collider, uh, I guess they turned that back on, and I, I feel like that's very important, and I need to bring that up, but anything I have to say on it will be pure faith, because it's so it's so far above my head, and that's not the kind of stuff I dig into, but Merce, what were you saying? They in, not invented or discovered three new elements? Not elements, particles they'd never witnessed before, so I don't know, I don't really know what that entails, but about all, like... All the other times they smash things together, they've never witnessed that. I would love to see the Vegas odds on like what's gonna be the end of the world if there is gonna be one. Like, is it the Google AI that asked for a lawyer recently, or is it just gonna be us? Who knows? Maybe like I imagine there's a scientist out there listening. Probably not at all. But I imagine if there was, he'd be like, "Oh, you dumb hillbilly!" Like, no, this poses no threat whatsoever. But and we're over here just like black holes, yeah, and, dimensions. And and you know, for the doomsday sayers, uh, talking about Vegas odds, you know, almost it, it was a neat thing I heard. Uh, almost all uh, civilizations beforehand, before us, believed they would witness the end of the world. Like, even just going back to, like, the 1800s and different, like, uh, Christian leaders would be like, well, I've done the math, and it'll be in 1902 is the end of it. And everyone's, like, ready in 1902, and they're like, oh, nothing's happening. This- well, we thought it'd be 2012. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, there's even a movie. Dude, that, 
And you know, at the time I thought that movie was good and I must, I was 22 at the time. Uh, what a dumb movie. What? I, the only part I relate to is the crazy guy. The, the, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson oh. in the camper screaming to have his radio thing, I, I which was, is exactly what we're doing <laughs> right this minute. And why the lava could be coming over the horizon. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, my favorite there, not my favorite, just the one that makes the most sense is like the Mayans uh, who made the calendar were like very, very good at predicting the future of like... Uh, not meteorological, what the hell do you call it? Star events. Uh, like, And they're like, we can predict it up to a certain point, then things get hazy. We're just going to stop at 2012. I saw a meme, and the guy's is like, he's like, I ran out of room at 2012, <laughs> and the other chief's like, oh, that's going to freak somebody out one day. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Uh, oh, man. And what, I mean, everybody's always been fascinated with these. Like, just, so, and I'm almost convinced... Think, all right, if if there is a God and he does like really care about our earth and wants us to live it, which is like a bunch of assumptions and givens I'm asking for, but let's say all of that's a given. Uh it what a funny thing that is that's like I'm protecting this thing while life has evolved for millions of years and y'all are just freaking out about it. This is neat. Yeah. But on the I mean, on the other hand, we could be destroying the earth and not know it. Um or you know, side rant. I am like really happy with protecting the environment, but the way it is sold within itself, like carbon emissions alone, like don't get me wrong. I'm not saying carbon emissions are good or that they're neutral. Like they're probably bad. Maybe. I don't know enough science to one way or like to figure out which side is propaganda pretty much, uh, or which side is more propaganda, whether it's bad or good or not so bad. But the I, only way you can stop it is by giving us money. Yes, like that's my thing. It, it's like no, 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 no. Let's figure out other ways to stop it. But side rant over. We got a we, uh, prematurely aborting that side rant. That uh, is a, <laughs> don't say that right now. It's topical. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so outside of things I don't know hardly anything about, like CERN. Let's go to things. I just slightly don't know about, like the uh, Georgia Guidestones. So before I reveal, like, the if you haven't seen the news recently or what happened to them, or even better yet, if you're wondering what the hell the Georgia Guidestones are, uh, that's where I'm going to start. So what Mercer was like, they were put in Georgia in the late 80s. Yeah, some guy went to Stonehenge and saw it. And then came back and kind of wanted to do something similar. Yeah, so he built, like, I think they're 20-foot-tall pillars, uh, concrete pillars. Uh, it's, like, four of them standing upright. They're, like, rectangular. Yeah, and one on top. And one on top. And I, the one thing I heard was, like, it's believed that, like, Ted Turner was one of the people that paid for it. But there was, like, a group of people that paid for it. Yeah, the only thing I read on it is that when they were originally, like, commissioning to build it, the guy didn't even, the builder didn't want to do it and gave him some super high price to try to discourage him, and they still paid it anyways. Yes, and allegedly, I heard Ted Turner was connected. I remember reading that from a seemingly dependable source, but I can't quote it, so, man, trust a guy on the internet, why don't you? Uh, but uh, have you heard about what is written on them? All kinds of stuff, like the population should yeah. only be a certain amount, and but it's all in different languages, and... Hey, real quick, let's just do everybody a favor. L look it up. 
And Merce looked it up and pulled it up and all that within like half a second because it's we totally didn't uh, stop mid-production and take 20 minutes to Google it. Uh, it's hard to find. It's a tough little booger to find these quotes until you actually put it in the Google box the right way. Uh, but Merce, so like what's one of the first things that's written on it? Uh, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. I can stand by that because it means less stupid people. What if it's only one smart guy and 499,999,999 stupid people? Well, that's just the plot for idiocracy. And there is, there is still le- less stupid people on the <laughs> earth if that's the case. And they, all right, they got... They got uh, the first you point. Can't knock that one. There's some wiggle room. That's all I'm saying. You, there, there's an argument to be made there. Second, uh, yeah. guide reproduction. Wise. Well, hang, hang on, hang on. No, no, no. Back up, back up. I'm not done with number one. But like, first off, why 500 million? Solid round number. <laughs> why not 500 million and one or two to make it even? Like, what? How would that even work? Like there's there's there there's no like guy. I pictured a guy with like a cattle counter, and that's just as high <laughs> as his little clicker goes. Man, it makes uh, all right. So that's a pretty bold bold opening statement. Yeah, I don't think there's any science backing. Uh, Let's just pick a number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, that sounds good. And you gotta remember, like when was it erected, Merce? The eighties. The eighties. So wasn't the population already over that uh, he, by the eighties? All right. Hey, on. This is one of my favorite uh, popular misconceptions to just smash to pieces. Overpopulation. This is something that like we've been taught told about since I believe the late 1800s. So when it really started, they were like, "Oh no, we figured out like this is a globe definitely, and we're filling in all the borders, and we're running out of room." And I can't remember the dude's name, but he proposes that like if we keep having babies and keep eating food and more and more, we'll eventually run out of food. And then later on in the 1960s, uh, the population bomb came out, which like real put a lot of new scientific data on this this idea of human uh, population growth going unchecked. And the one thing, one of the things they didn't account for was human innovation. Like since then, we're rapidly evolving evolving technologically wise. And I know most of it's in like communications and digital stuff, but also out in the field, things are involved, evolving new ways to grow food, um, new ways to transport it, new ways to consume it, new ways to store it. Like, I mean, wasn't that long ago I saw in Japan where they had figured out how to make watermelons cube like, uh, so you can stack them better. Right. And like they could grow them on the roofs and stuff. It's like, oh, we're figuring this out. And I know people are spread out all amongst the globe. But this is like I, I remember doing this uh this math formulation three or four years ago. So the it's the numbers have changed a little bit. But uh if you actually take it's a very simple math equation. If you take the world population, let's say it's six billion. I know it's a little more than that. Let's just go with that for right now. And you spread that out over the population density of different cities. And you can look up the population density of like, like Par- the examples they used was uh, Paris, New York City, uh, and like a small town in Texas. 
And if you got all the world's population and piled it into one city, like how big would that city be based on the population density of Paris? And that was the example they used. Merce, take a guess. That's like general, let's, let's compare it to United States states. Like how big do you think that city would be if you crammed all the world's population and it was about as thick as Paris is as far as people living in it? Georgia. Georgia. Turns out it'd be like half of New Hampshire. It's not near, maybe not that small, but when like it's actually laid out, it's like, that's a ridiculously small city. Like when you think about all the world's population, it's like when it got to like small town Texas levels of human uh, density, like how close people live together. I think it was spread out like the Northeast. Like it took up all the states in the Northeast. And it's like, oh, there is a lot more land than there is people. Now you got to take into account what land is arable, what land you can farm on. And the neat thing about that is land is so different everywhere. You can find new ways to grow different things that have never been thought of before. If all the restrictions on trying new things could just get out of the way. So, Merce, what number are we at on the Georgia Guidestones? Oh, that was still number one. Oh, all right, all right. Let's, what's number two? Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. That's that's vague as all hell. Yeah. At least the 500 million is precise. <laughs> but who guides who gets to breed? I don't, I don't know, but it must be so you still only end up with 500 million. It, Maybe, but like that's, that's my problem with like so many of these ways to like organize all of society is it's always like, all right, who picks? <laughs> oh, then you're going to love number three. Oh yeah. Unite humanity with a living new language. New, new language. Ooh. So that means. Ooh, pick, that tickled a noodle make, in my head. Pick or make up a new language. Or. I can barely learn the current languages. Or put something in everybody's head that lets them understand each other without language. If you're going back, you're going back Neuralink. Yeah, we're we're breaking the rule. <laughs> we're mentioning Elon Musk. <laughs> so uh, just uh, that just that just noodle popped in my head. Uh, so read the text of number three one more time. Just unite humanity with a living new language. What the hell is it? Aren't aren't all languages technically like? I mean, if you're counting a language as living, like isn't Latin's not. <laughs> that was good. Uh, okay, that made me giggle. That was touche. Uh, but and like, no, like, I mean, all right. Let's say I'm not gonna get in a thick discussion about what is living and what isn't. No, that's too. That's too much for tonight. I'm too tired. No, all right. Number four, Merce, lay it on us. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Dude, whoever wrote this was an idiot. I mean, no, like, even if it's like, all right, I, I believe you, wise stones. <laughs> Tell me what I should do. It's like, ah, figure it out within reason. <laughs> I picture a guy, like, say, if these were still there, like, 500 years from now, like, what? We blew past these numbers. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then it goes to protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Ha! <laughs> With just laws and fair courts, 
Fair laws and just courts, but yeah. Whatever. So much of this is so vague, it's dumb. Then like it's let, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. And dude, who I can just tell by how how like the words they're using. <laughs> Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> 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 All right, number whatever's next. They didn't number them, so. (laughs) (laughs) Avoid petty laws and useless officials. That might be the only one I can use so far. I'd I'd use a harsher term than avoid, but all right. Balance personal rights with social duties. I'll balance whatever the hell I want, whatever manner I see fit. Prize truth. Beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. That hurts my mind to read. Okay. This might sound like something a little cliche I'm saying, but how great would this be if it was a troll? The original? It was just like a dude, like Ted Turner in the 80s. It's just like, you know what? Big stone, make it say neat things, make people think. I feel like these are just like a bunch of fortune cookie sayings. Dude, it really is. Like, it's not It's not much better than just random stuff you hear. And, and, it, and it ends with, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature. And then again, under it reiterates, leave room for nature. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, even, like, all that, that sounds nice, but, like, uh, okay. Uh, I'm a rancher. Am I leaving room for nature? It depends on, like, who you're asking. Like, some people, yes, like, it's a big natural place. When others are like, well, oh. technically, it was put on five acres. The, the rocks were on five acres, and the guys that put it there gave uh, lifetime grazing rights to the rancher. So cows were grazing on it. That makes no sense. <laughs> Dude, all right. So the reason we bring up the Georgia Guidestones is uh, somebody out there in the United States, uh, I think driving a silver Buick or something, not a Buick, but a sedan. That's the type of car it's called. Uh, blew them up. Uh, and there's there's actually security recordings like on the internet. Just look up Georgia Guidestones explosion on YouTube. and I, I think somebody was just trying to read them and their mind just... <laughs> Dude, not even that. I don't even, you know, we're all like picturing like, oh, is it an Antifa radical communist or is it some Timothy McVeigh inspired constitutional? No, I just think it's a guy that read him and he's like, he's like the perfect centrist. And he's like, this got to (laughs) go. These can never hurt anyone ever again. Yes. This cannot. Georgia, what the hell are you doing with your tourist attractions? (laughs) That's what y'all get for starting off as a prison colony. God. (laughs) Speaking of prison colonies, uh, what is going on in the Netherlands with the farmers uh, making some very interesting protests? Now, let me tell you the snippet that I just glanced at social media and saw uh, earlier today. And it was, oh, farmers are using tractors in uh, the Netherlands to protest an emissions ban. You know, and at first glance, I would think to most people that would see, see, like, okay, 
that sounds like there's some new regulations about possibly like carbon emissions maybe coming out of their tractors. Like that was my first glance thought. And that's the government wanting to crack on. It's probably going to cost farmers more money and that's why they're protesting. Which, hey, some government's regulation that's going to cost you more money. Yeah, protest. But uh, we dig some. we did some digging and it's so much worse than that. It's so incredibly dumb and uh let's go through the abc article merce like what was the first big thing that grabbed your attention uh where it says the government says the emissions of nitrogen oxide and ammonia which livestock produce is what they're actually after so it's the emissions that livestock produce so that means the crap and farts and pee of the livestock huh interesting uh I wonder how they plan on uh, reducing that. I mean, I don't think you could ask the cows to pee and crap and fart half as much. Uh, Well, it says the ruling coalition wants to cut emissions uh, predominantly by those means by 50% nationwide, uh, calling it an unavoidable transition. And then goes on to state, the honest message is that not all farmers can continue their business, and those who do will likely have to farm differently, the government said. And that's a quote from the government on the matter. Correct. And and wasn't there something in there about that? And I love this one about protecting natural areas and uh, endangered species. They always love throwing that in. Uh, yes. After uh, about the nitrogen oxide and ammonia, which livestock produce must be drastically reduced close to nature areas that are part of a network of protected habitats for endangered plants and wildlife stretching across the 27 European Union. And. <coughs> It is amazing how big those uh, wildlife preservation areas can get and just swamp an entire area that where the people are taking care of, but for the most part, preserving the wildlife. Uh, so, yeah, the European Union, in short, the what it is saying is, hey, we're passing new regulations that's going to reduce the number of livestock you everyone's raising by half. I wonder, I wonder what that's going to do to a lot of the far, the ranching producers, especially the smaller ones. Because, you know, of course, the big boys can afford to take a hit, especially if they gain more of the market. And if you're restricting the production of beef, that means the price of beef will go up. Uh, man, what was the meme with the... We're going to ring a bell, like, every time we bring them up. That the World Economic Forum... Uh, about what they said, uh, something about how our meat consumption diet has to change. Yeah. And yeah, the, it's like eat the bugs and it's like, uh, convenience. It really is. And so anyways, the farmers ended up, uh, but it turns out this wasn't just like yesterday. What Merce? This was it's like for like all week or week, all, like two weeks. And what was the number of, and by the way, from the picture I saw, I was like, Oh, it said they were blocking traffic. And it showed like two tractors with what looked like their booms out, blocking what would be like a four-lane highway or something like that. Uh, that was the like picture impression I got off of the generic corporate news website. I can't remember. Uh, Merce, how many farmers was it in the Netherlands? ABC News cites forty thousand protesting. That's a whole lot of hillbillies, and that's and it says most of them arrived by tractor. And were fired at by police, yeah. right? Yeah, and then arrested. So, and now, yes, is that Europe and not the U.S.? 
true. It probably affect me as much. Might actually bring us better beef prices, <laughs> higher demand. Uh, so that that'll be good for us guys. But but it'd be bad if it sets a precedent for the U.S. to follow suit. Yes, and I'll tell you, it's a slippery slope. I don't like giving. My skin crawls every time I give Trump a compliment. No, no offense, Trumpers. Just the, the, I feel like the guy's overrated. That's all. That that's it. I'm not gonna. But he, one thing I will throw him was backing out of that Paris uh, climate accord thing. I mean, even then, I was like, there was a part of me that said, like, is that really gonna change anything? They're just gonna get in here a different means. There's gonna be a new president. So even if Trump does eight years, there's gonna be someone new that eventually agrees to it. But Hell, it seems like it at least threw a monkey wrench into some of this where it can't drastically come over here as much. Pump the brakes, if nothing else. And watch, I, I mean, it's, and that was for, now hang on, that was the farmers protesting in Switzerland, but those were rules Netherlands. set. Netherlands, my bad. Man, I get those Norwegian countries confused. Yeah. Like they just all, they're all tall, blonde, blue eyed people. Netherlands, not neutral. <laughs> 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 good, good way to remember. Uh, isn't that the country where like they mandate that all their males of a certain age like be in firearm training and? Well, a couple. Of, I think several of those countries there. Yeah, yeah, they're like really big on like yes, we like our guns. We <laughs> and wooden shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and windmills, fascinatingly. And yet, there's a Spanish story about uh, who, who's the dude that chased Don Quixote. Don Quixote. Yeah. <laughs> That just always pissed me off that he chased after windmills. Like, even in seventh grade, I'm like, I know this is an old novel, but this is stupid by those means. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm getting ahead is, like, I'm curious. I wonder why it was just Switzerland that had the giant protest. Were they were they in other places and they did not go on to be reported? Or is it just, like, most of the agriculture, maybe livestock agriculture, is really concentrated in that area? Well, that's what it said that uh, the Netherlands is known for having high numbers of livestock on smaller paddocks because they do high capacity farming. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, side note. Uh, I think uh, this was four or five years ago. Did I ever tell you about the Norwegians coming out, Norwegians coming out to the ranch? No. Oh, dude. So I had a cousin that went to college abroad and she came back and like part of it was one of her European professors was like, hey, can I bring my class out to see how y'all ranch in the United States to a real ranch? She's like, yeah, come on. Then uh, my mom was the one that showed them around who was running the cattle operation. First off, let me say something. I'm six foot two. I'm a tall string being of a guy. Uh, these people dwarfed me. Like the chicks... They're literally Vikings. Do you, they like literally, I, I was looking at all of them and I was like, don't get me wrong. They look like a bunch of emo goth nerds. I'm still a little like I'd still I'm still like if I had to you take them. You wouldn't tell that in their face. No, no, no. I'm like, you're, wow, Bjork, you're quite a tall fella. <laughs> but uh, no, and <laughs> hey, all right, a, a little. We're all right. We're going down a rabbit hole in this one with these people visiting from. Uh, it might have been Norway, but it's one of those Scandinavian countries. Uh, but while they were here, they were looking at how we work cattle, and they're like, oh, we sedate our cattle before we do, like, any medicine treatment or anything like that. We're like, oh, welcome to the cow pens where we dehorn them. Uh, but, which, I'm like, you know, on one hand, I'm like, man, y'all's way is m more humane than how we 
do it, which like, I really like that. That, that appeals to me that like, I, I'd like to be as nice as you can to whatever you're raising. And I think most people feel that way, but here in the States, we got to produce beef. <laughs> and there's simply no time. No, it would like that. There's no way they could do it on the scale that we do. And I could kind of hear a lefty arguing like, well, maybe we shouldn't do it on that scale, man. And it's like, all right, stop eating beef. Then, <laughs> like that's and well, yeah. So just get enough people to stop. Well, hang on now. <laughs> goes back. Goes that back to the. Yeah, uh, little, uh, we'll take a couple steps back with that one. Wef. Um, but yeah, that, that was a trip to having having a bunch of Europeans come out to the ranch. That was wild. I got to ride around and, and talk with them and stuff. And just by the way, I know I just butchered all those countries and like I, I when I say the Norwegian countries or the Scandinavian countries or Iceland or Switzerland or it I'm I'm speaking of a general area, but to put the matter straight, we were talking about Switzerland. And, and not Switzerland, the Netherlands. We were. T- there was the farmers in the Netherlands. And there, I'm, wa- I'm walking away from these damn European countries before I butcher them anymore. Uh, all right. What well, One of the things uh, we definitely have to get in tonight is one of my favorite things we started doing on this show when I've been re- requesting the listeners do. If I say anything... And you're like, hey, I got a point that really counters what you're saying. I love to hear it. Run it through the filter. And let me tell you, this this lady down in Port Charlotte like wrecked my my because the best logic I had heard on the uh, Roe v. Wade that we talked about last week or the week before, as I laid out, not gonna get deep into it, but it's like the it's life at conception pretty much. Uh, and this lady threw in a hell of a curveball into that. And she said, all right, if that's true, and you like being philosophically consistent, what about test tube babies? And she goes, you know, like how, like, you'll have sperm and an egg. And, uh, I, Don't break the test tube. <laughs> well, all right. Here's the thing, though. Here's the, here's the uh, example she brought up. She goes, what if you're, like, a company that has, like, a warehouse of, of freaking embryos that have the sperm and the egg together? And she says, technically, that's conception by this philosophy. So let's say you got like 500 of them in there and you lose power and they all die. She goes, is that 500 counts of manslaughter? If it's a person, then that'd be manslaughter. The unintentional killing of somebody. It's like, but I think most of us would look at that and go, that's not 500 counts. Of- I, can say, I can see saying five, 500 loss of life. I um, could see that. Not necessarily because like if... I know hospitals have generator, but mm. say you've got somebody hooked up to life support and power goes out and that goes mm. out too. Do you sue the power company for man, like the rest of the power mm. company for manslaughter? Ooh, now I don't know. That's good. You threw a, damn it, you threw a counter to her counter. I'm lost in a sea of counters while I'm holding Big my coffee. kitchen. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> while my coffee cup is on a counter. Uh, but so, so, okay, hang on. Back that up. Run me through that. So if like a hospital, I don't know if it's, I guess that would depend on if it was negle- negligence or same some, thing. You can yeah. argue the same thing with test two babies. And, and well, her th- when she popped that up, and you bring up a good counter to the counter, but there's a part of me that's like, all right. So from what I can tell, none of this is logically consistent <laughs> on this. Like there is no. It's one big mean gray area. Yeah. And 
I'm tired of stepping on landmines with it. <laughs> so we're we're gonna leave unless someone can come up with like a really solid logical line. I mean, a lot with, of the points are valid, but or, there's not one that's like fits. Yeah, yeah and, and and you know to bring it back to the uh, CERN hydron hydron collider. Did I say it right this time? Not yeah, not hydrogen hydron, and the flimsiness of reality and all that. So much of this stuff, I really think our minds want like an, and I know mine does, it wants an answer. Like, here's the answer to this problem and I can tuck it away and it's solved and I ain't got to worry about it anymore. There's like so much crap in this subjective reality. Just like, nope, chaos. Yeah. We're, we're on a rock spinning around a big fire that comets fly through every day. That's like, not us, but you know, the big fire and in between us, the, the sun, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, we're on a space rock just whizzing through nothingness. Paying money to terrible people by force through taxes and other means. But anyways, I at least wanted to address that and bring that up. And uh, it's kind of a reminder to everybody else. If you have any counters to any of the crap I'm saying, please enlighten me and I'll bring it up and uh, talk about it. And while we're in this neck of the woods... I'm going to go ahead and just plug a couple of things because I guess we need to start doing that since my producer is working overtime and making us look like a legitimate thing. Uh, you can follow us at uh, on Twitter at the Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, Instagram, uh, we don't have a Facebook. Yet. Yet. We definitely don't have a TikTok. I'm Hopefully never will. Hopefully it never comes down. To, if it comes down to that, we've sold out somebody. Um, I'm not saying we won't if the money's right. I'm not saying we won't either, but just know we've sold out at that point. There will uh, be signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start walking around with a Flavor Flav clock. <laughs> Giant gold chain. Um, uh, what else we got, Mercer? We got Bandit Radio Hour on YouTube, all your RSS feeds, Spotify. Now we're actually on Apple Podcast. Yeah, and most anywhere you can find a podcast, we're on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up Bandit Radio Hour yeah. and you'll see us. Hey, and I'll say one thing. Uh, Google Bandit Radio Hour and you'll find us, thanks to my producer. And it's, it's like mostly him and just a little bit of my chitter-chatter. Yeah, a lot box. of copy and paste. A lot of it. <laughs> all right. So I've really, I've been hearing about a lot of different people with uh, legal problems, just you see it on like social media, whether like uh, just people having bad luck of a legal system. And, you know, I was reading something that really fascinated me a while back, and it was on the origin of where the term outlaw comes from. And I, and I know, just like me, like everybody else growing up, hell yeah, you want to be an outlaw. You want to, like the kind of Americana image it provoked was like, oh, you kind of live outside of town. You live on the edge of things. You don't really answer nobody. Independent spirit, yada, yada, yada. And some of that, like, is true from the original thing. But it started in Europe, uh, like even before, I think, Columbus came to the New World. And what it meant was, you had done something that did not necessarily mean like punishment, and because they didn't have prisons, like only like kings had little, uh, what do you call little dungeon? Yeah, dungeon. Thank you. Those little things. But what it meant was you were outed from the law, and that meant you got no legal protection from the king. What that then transpired to was everybody under that king 
wouldn't sell you anything. And imagine being in the Middle Ages and the local butcher and the local tailor and the like 30 people, not 30, it's probably like a couple hundred people you know from your, like, don't sell you stuff anymore. You're, it's damn near an execution. Oh, and also, they're allowed to hunt you because you're not a, like, legally, you're not a human. Like, you are a human, but you don't get any protections from the court. And, and it was much more of just like, uh, the local government going, you're such a piece of crap, you don't have our backing and protection anymore. Everybody under this town or anywhere else can have at you. You're and, on your own, good luck. Like, really, and like, you can't go to the sheriff, you can't go, like, you're done. But when I have to pay taxes... Man! <laughs> like, is that, is that worth the trade? Which, so, but this actually kept, like, a neat little... And don't get me wrong, I'm certain there's extremes of this that are, like, terrible. But it kept, like, an honor system kind of in check around people because you didn't want to piss everybody off around you and have them stop supplying, trading with you to keep you alive more comfortably than if they didn't. Uh, Compare that to now, where it's not so much the community that judges you, it is a system of laws that can be enforced as strictly or as loosely as, let me see the different levels of it. The people that created the laws, so like the legislator, and you got what, at least for us, we have three different legislators we got to deal with. We got the federal, we got the state, and we got the local. So that's all those laws together that affect us. And what actually matters on if we get punishment or not, typically is how much of a lawyer you can afford. If you can't afford a lawyer, you're screwed. You're getting the worst punishment out of whatever it is. And even if you get the free lawyer, good luck. Uh, He doesn't want to be there in the first place. But like, true. No, no, they don't. Uh, There is no like, and if you get out of it, even on a technicality or whatever, I think our community, maybe I'm putting on rose-colored glasses and looking at the past. But I, I really think we've lost something with a lot of our culture of like, oh, you did something bad? Like, really bad? No, we're, no. Nah. Go get your whatever somewhere else. But now it's, it's and I know I'm really sounding like a bleeding heart commie on this one. Uh, calm down, Liberty Prime. Don't sick them. Uh, but, like, it seemed like the other way was much more, I don't know, fair <laughs> like, like if you do there is bad cases of like mob mentality where they all gang up on one person for a crime they didn't admit hell in our hometown uh what there was a case of where they thought they caught the killer of a family and put kill uh, did execution to him and it ended up being like the housemaid or something like that that yeah, was just lied to make yeah 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 they found out like tons of cases like that anywhere. so many not, well, I guess the devil's advocate would be like, that's under our system of like legal and, and man, you know, I've, I've said some criticisms of authority figures on the show already, but for the most part, I say like, it's the system. Like it's not, it's not these unique individuals. It is like the system that promotes certain individuals to the top that make this different stuff, different laws, different uh, regulations. But man, when it comes to prosecuting attorneys, 
Like that is someone who wakes up every morning, puts on their tie and says, I'm going to go ruin as many lives as terribly as I can today. And by doing so, will make my career in life better. Yes. And I will brag about how I'm tough on crime by saying I lock up anybody as hard as I can, which I think we'd all agree when it comes to a red handed killer or thief or something like that, we're all like, yeah, great. That's kind of. I think that's what most people that don't pay attention very closely when they hear tough on crime, that's what they imagine. And it's like, no, it's your it's your cousin that wasn't wearing a seatbelt that got two hundred dollars taken from him for it, or got tried, and all he was doing was not wearing a seatbelt, being a danger to himself. Uh, you want to go through a windshield? That's on you. I've got nothing. Yes. That. And well, now hang on the uh, the centrist or the the more pro-collectivist would say, but that's going to raise your health care premiums, that guy going through that windshield, and that's going to affect all of society, so we need to reduce... Well, deadly. Maybe, maybe he just dies and they won't affect it at all. <laughs> Better point. <laughs> but better counter. But no, like, my thing is, well, if that's the case, then we shouldn't have any speed limits over 30 miles an hour. I agree. Like, like if, that, <laughs> if, if that's the case, like, we shouldn't... Send it. Like, uh, oh, there's this great example I heard one time, and it was, uh, like, speaking of safety for a society. Uh, what if I told you I was going to make an invention, and I was going to sell it to as many people as possible, and what it's going to do is cook food, but it's going to use it with highly combustible explosive gas, and we're just going to kind of trust every single American to work the valves and know it right and how to light it. Uh, and it'll, at least at the time it's invented, it'll cook faster and more efficient than about anything before. I would normally be okay with it until I realize how stupid Americans are. And mm. you're probably talking about the stove. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I don't trust Americans mm. to be able to, most Americans but, to be able to operate a stove anymore. The, yeah, and the thing the guy was getting at, like, the invention of the stove... What it did, it saved time for preparing food that Americans and other people could then spend on other things that would collectively lead to improving society. That A guy in his off time invents something that takes off sales, improves everybody that buys it, he gets rich, invests his money. There's a big chain reaction to all that. Uh, but if you tried, I mean, for God's sakes, look what they did to gas cans. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't invent anything nowadays. The gas can is so much deadlier now than it was. Because yep. before, like, yeah, people would, like, burn it, and, you know, they'd worry about it burning back and yeah. blowing up. No, now all you do is spill it all over yourself uh, and everywhere and on everything and have to hold it three times as long. And if it, anything, you're covered in more gas. And it turned out it went from, like, these, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but these, like, 50 companies that made gas cans to, oh, only these three or four can now because they have the special plastics. And, oh, all you guys that, well, I mean, all right, metal jerry cans were kind of out of style. But, like, you had to do it perfectly to these regulations that the government I set. ordered a metal jerry can off Amazon okay. Oh, you can still buy kerosene cans. Yeah. It's, it's quite, I like it. I feel old-timey. So, and even in the vein of old-timey, uh, I've really got to talk about something that ripped my heart out of my chest the other day and made me realize not only am I old, that getting old is different than it has been for at least the past, since the 50s, at least, since Looney Tunes came out. And here, here's what I'm going to get at. It's me and my son and daughter. 
were hanging out the other day and uh up on like the YouTube we're watching together is a guy mocking and imitating. Uh, you remember the frog from Warner Brothers? Uh, hello, oh, with the top hat. Yeah, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. It's like a guy with a yeah. top hat and he's doing it with the cane. And I go, ah, it's it's the frog. That's that's funny. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in a while. And my son, who like knows everything there is to know about pop culture for an eight year old that w- watches YouTube, goes. Frog, what are you talking about? I go, oh, you know, Warner Brothers. The fr-. And it clicks, and I'm like, y'all haven't been watching Looney Tunes. Y'all are, y'all are the first generation that hasn't watched Looney Tunes. And like, he knew what he knew what Space Jam 2 was. Yeah. He didn't know what Space Jam was. And like, given, I didn't know all of like the cartoons from when my dad was growing up. But good God, the past. That was before four- R. Kelly was in jail for like the third time. I know. For a long time. <laughs> Random R. Kelly insert. Well, he sings the beginning of Space Jam. I believe I can talk. <laughs> okay, okay. That's how my mind works. Oh, dude, I was like, we're talking about Looney Tunes and you bring in R. Kelly? What? <laughs> my mind was flying as well. Dude, it was flying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took a sip of Jordan's secret stuff and I was gone. No, dude, no. Was it Jordan or Cosby's? <laughs> uh, but Floor. <laughs> But, like, no, they under, and here's the thing that, like, irritates me. Like, my son knows what Saul is. The movie Saul, you know. I know what it is, but I won't watch it. Yeah, yeah and, and he's like, don't get me wrong, he's never watched the movie. I, I really don't think he's seen anything more gory than what a Minecraft video can, like, produce of it. You know, like, big, blocky digital things. But he's like, oh, I know in Saw that first there's this guy named Jigsaw and he tricks everybody and he's dead, but he's not dead. And then he comes like, you, you haven't even watched the movie. You, you ruined the movie for yourself. <laughs> like, what? And it's so odd. And, uh, but, but yeah. don't get me wrong, I watch YouTube with him and it's, it's nothing like too crazy and out of this world. But yeah. I'm like, what a, what a new meta of interaction yeah i used to love getting home and like first thing i do is like turn on the card like the cartoons and it'd be like the disney's like afternoon hour or the, like the looney tunes dude or- the, those were gold do you remember so i know your your autistic ass remembers garfield in the morning garfield oh, and friends it's come on so early yeah and then have like the pig and then go to like the rooster like the farm bar- barnyard do you remember the egg with the legs Sheldon. That, sh- uh, dude <laughs> That thing gave me nightmares. Really? I don't know what, because he was like sarcastic, right? Yeah, he was just stuck. He was just an egg with feet. Yeah, and dude, there was something about that. My brain couldn't compute when I was little, like it was half born and half wasn't. I thought he was uh, excellent. D- d- oh, you shut up. I'm about to kick you out of your own trailer. Uh, but dude, I remember having a nightmare, and I, I can't even remember. But, like, he was chasing me and still being very sarcastic. And I knew if he, like, caught me, I'd be dead or something. And it was... I used to have a recurring dream when I was real little that Snuffleupagus was after me. What was Snuffleupagus? Oh, wait. He's the big hairy uh, elephant from Sesame Street. Ooh. And it never bothered me watching the show, but I would just have dreams at night that he was chasing me through the woods, and it was terrifying. Dude, that's a mimetic kill, kill agent. Like that's that's they were MK altering us with that stuff from a young age. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really believe that. That was a joke, everybody. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I got to think about that one for a little bit actually, but we'll come back to that. But yeah, g- getting older now, it's well. One, w- what did I say at dinner? 
Oh, my son asked me if when I was growing up, they brought up Mario Kart. That's where that's where the conversation started. Both my kids got Mario Kart for their Nintendo uh, DS slide, whatever the hell it is. Uh, and uh, I go, yeah, you know, we used to play that growing up on the N64. And my son perks up and goes, oh, you mean the nin- Nintendo Cube? And I'm like, no, that's the GameCube, son. Know your role. That's Resident Evil 4. I was like, no, N64 actually had like Mario Kart that we would drive around and have fun on. And my daughter goes, how long ago was that? Without missing a beat, I'm like, that was about 20 years ago. <laughs> that, hurt, that hurt to hear. Oh, dude, I was like, ah. Oh. That and like I know I'm 31 and I'm cool with it, but when you, it's when you say things like that, you're like I've never said that before and that hurt. We're gonna end the night with uh, just some updates on what I've gathered from the foreign policy decisions. That... So it gets sadder. <laughs> yes, it gets sad. Uh, as with age comes great sadness at the realization of the reality unfold- unfolding around you. But that that's me joking. This is I really think things are going to get better. But before they do, we got some shit to deal with. Like, uh, I, let me get this first and foremost out of the way. I'm about to talk about uh, Biden, but just know I really don't think it's him. Like, I don't think Biden sits down and is like, what do I think the U.S. foreign policy is going to be I don't today? think he thinks. It's like Elon Musk put in a brilliant tweet that I think he might have deleted later. It's, uh, the person that writes the teleprompter is the real president. Like, it's whoever's directing this guy. But so far, at least with Ukraine, uh, I think the last time we talked about it, we had just sent 40 million, a couple of, or 40 billion, my bad, with a B, with yeah. a B to uh, over there uh, while we're having our economic crash. Um, and since then, I know we've sent several more aid, pack, aid packages. Like 800 million a pop. And you know... What a coincidence that that $40 billion ended up being about roughly the same price tag as a year in Afghanistan cost. So we got out of Afghanistan, but we're still paying the money to influence governments as well as the weapon manufacturers that are providing armaments to those governments. Just a merce, what's the word of the season? Convenience. Yeah, yeah what a convenience. So... Uh, and you know, one of the craziest things that came out this week, like I think really just puts the cherry on top was that, uh, Biden or his, uh, the, the speaker of the white house or whoever that new, like awful lady is like, not awful, like a bad person, like just really bad at her job. Uh, they said that, uh, Biden is refusing to speak to Putin be- until he withdraws. I guess because Putin's just such an evil, terrible person, a uniquely evil person. Yeah. I don't like Putin, but there's like a dime a dozen. <laughs> um, and like, here's the thing. There are people getting killed every day in Ukraine. And I'm not even like, I'm not even saying they have to like, say they don't have to say like, we're not giving you any of this or like, you know, but, the fact that you're not even talking to the guy and that you're just prolonging the suffering with, uh, uh, and like every day, like just imagine your small town, the local five towns around it or cities are just having bombs and mortars drop. Screaming for the love of God, God, pick up the phone. <laughs> Dude. And that's happening every day. And every 
that our government is like, no, we're not going to, even though we're providing so much armament, so much support to one side, we're not going to talk to the other side because we have no real end goal in sight. And that's the thing with all of these wars. They're at least, I got problems with World War II. We might get in a later episode next season, but at least there was objectives in World War II. Like, oh. Bomb them to hell. Yeah, that was a lot of it. That was a lot. But it's like, bomb them to hell until their leader commits suicide. Like, then, then we'll get done bombing them at least. And man, since then, I mean, for like a little hobby, I, l- I look into U.S. foreign conflicts. And there, it's never like, our end goal is always to establish a Western democracy that acts and believe in the same way that the U.S. federal government does, and it's like, and then it fails, and then it and then it fails terribly. <laughs> it's like imagine that. Oh, so it, it's that's on one end of it uh, as far as Ukraine, just letting that god awful crisis go on with no resolve in sight. Uh, but at least he's helping out, like, our country, right, Merce? Like, did, didn't he just do a bunch of things with oil, like, got reserves out for the... Yeah, he sent it across the ocean. To... to Several countries, but China being one of them. Mm. And I just, I just pay, like, $5 a gallon of diesel. But I'm sure there's got to be some way that benefits the United States by, well... Maybe the people at the top. Probably them. They're probably benefiting off of it. According to him, it's good for us, but I don't I don't know how. And dude, you know the thing about like inflation is like inflation does hurt everybody, but it hurts poor people so much worse than rich people. And when I say rich people, I don't mean like the richest person in our hick town. <laughs> I don't I don't like I don't know. We're in South Florida, so you go like to chunks of Florida, there's some pretty there there's some big money getting thrown around, but like it's so much money and they can weather the storm through inflation. But man, if you're a family that's like been saving up to like, God forbid, buy a home <laughs> or not even that, but just like you're, you're just making ends meet. Yeah. Boom. It ends meeting is immediately harder. I'm single. I went to the grocery store the other day and like spent like th- almost like oh. $300. And I literally thought I was like, I don't know how a family. This man eats Vienna sausages and beanie weenies. I've seen frozen it. pizzas. It's, <laughs> it's not a glamorous life, but it's mine. Don't knock frozen pizzas. Red Baron <laughs> will fly us all to the land of taste buds and happiness. Red Baron, did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. We're not sponsored, but we're looking to be. <laughs> hey, stay tuned for season two, everybody. <laughs> well, guys, it's a late night, and in typical bandit fashion, we're worn out. We flapped our gums enough, and we're going to take a hiatus. We, we don't know quite for how long. Month, roughly, give or take. Give or take. We'll be back. We're going to keep uploading clips and have more stuff for y'all to take in and consume. And I will be back to spread more of the mind virus. But hey, y'all folks have a good month. Uh, we'll give y'all a holler when Merce gets back from Kosovo. Band it out.